Thin Line Believers is a Christ-based outreach for the men and women who walk the thin line between good and evil, order and chaos. Our motto is, our service for His glory. To the police officers, veterans, firefighters, corrections, paramedics, dispatchers, and whoever else may join us, we are so glad you're here. Thin Line Believers. Welcome back to another recording slash episode, whatever you want to call it. I am back out in my garage again tonight, and I think that given the length between these podcasts, I I think I owe a bit of an explanation as to why. So personally, uh, I've been been dealing with some uh, spiritual battle, I guess, for lack of a better term. dealing with some anxiety and and some stuff like that, and it hasn't been easy. However, I don't think I'm alone in this. In fact, I I, I talk to people all the time who deal with the same type of thing. And so I'm not too proud to get on here and say that I've got that I've got some some stuff going on and it's not anything more than that. It's that's just it. That is my battle that I'm dealing with right now, but I I do think that we've been doing this long enough and I owe it to the listeners and I see the numbers of people who, who actually do listen to the podcast and it's, it is surprising to see those numbers and, um, because of that, I, I want to apologize that, that we haven't been putting these out more regularly and Lord willing, we will be able to, unless of course he comes back and takes us with him and and can uh, can get rid of these these uh, spiritual battles for the time being anyway but can't can't put everything else on hold assuming that that's going to happen so this will probably be a fairly short episode here but I wanted to talk about something that I've I've read here recently and I'm I'm uh, I recently started going back through the Bible again you know, I try to do that. I don't, I don't necessarily go book by book, chapter by chapter. I mean, I do, but I don't stay in one spot. In other words, I'll start in Genesis, but maybe I also start in Psalms because there's just so much, just, just a wealth of knowledge. And there's just a, an amazing beauty to the Psalms. And so I like to, I like to get into that on a regular basis too. And then I go to the New Testament and it's, we have the entire counsel of God here at our fingertips. And I think it's important that we do that. But all that just to say that I am again in the book of Exodus. And every time I go through part of the Bible, every time I read something, something else sticks out at me. And I think that that's what is meant when when it's said that the, the Word is alive and active and that it's sharper than any two-edged sword separating bone from marrow. But where, I, where I've been is in the exodus of the Israelites. Okay, so 
you all know the story, I'm sure, of how <clears throat> Moses went before the Pharaoh and said, let my people go. And there was a, a series of plagues brought upon the Egyptians, ultimately ending in the, uh, not necessarily a plague, but in the, the parting of the Red Sea that God destroyed the Egyptian army by drowning them after all the Israelites were safely through the water. And then a little further down the road here, they get to a place called Sin. And I think that's pretty doggone interesting. And I don't think it's a coincidence that this place's name is Sin. But I'm going to read from this because in this particular story, I really relate with the Israelites. And usually when I read Exodus, I read it as if I am from the point of view of Moses. Not to say that I have reached the, the faith or the, I, I, I don't know, um, the closeness to God that Moses had or that I am chosen like Moses because I'm, I'm not. I'm different. I'm, in fact, much, much, <laughs> much lower. However, I think that because Exodus was written by Moses and from his point of view, it's really easy to take that, that point of view. But in this case, I really, really resonate with the Israelites. And I'm going to read this and kind of explain why, and I think you'll understand as we get into the story. So uh, beginning in chapter 17 of Exodus, verse 1, the whole Israelite community set out from the desert of Sin, traveling from place to place as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, if that's how you say it. But there was no water for the people to drink. So they quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. Moses replied, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you put the Lord to the test? But the people were thirsty for water there, and they grumbled against Moses. They said, Why did you bring us up? out of Egypt, to make us and our children and livestock die of thirst. Then Moses cried out to the Lord, What am I to do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. So we'll pick that up here in just a second, but let's talk about, talk about the Israelites' reaction here. Can you really blame them? They get to a place, they're super thirsty, and there's no water to drink. I mean, we're talking about millions of Israelites here. And coming with their livestock, their families, their wives and kids. I mean, if I was traveling, following someone, and they brought me someplace and said, here's where we're going to camp. And I was already thirsty. My kids were thirsty. My wife was thirsty. And my critters were thirsty. Yeah, I, I'd probably be a little bit upset. Now let's look at this from a different perspective. Uh, or maybe not a different perspective, but a different maybe situation. Okay, so for me personally, it feels like I've been going through a real dry season in my life. Like I have kind of lost a bit of a purpose. And so I cry out to the Lord, Lord, I need to hear you. And I don't hear anything. Lord, I need to know, I need to know right now that you love me and I don't hear anything. But what we can learn from the Israelites here is that I'm not alone. 
I'm not alone in going through these dry seasons. We're coming to a land, and I think many of us, in fact, if you look at suicide rates, depression rates, and everything else, given what's going on in society right now, and I don't want to get into that part of it, but I wanted to, I want to talk about the spiritual side of it. I think that we find ourselves right now, many of us, in a spiritual dryness. And we're asking God, we need water. And some of us, especially if you're a, maybe newer to Christianity, a newer believer, you could say, well, I, I had water before I became a believer. And now I feel really dry. Why, maybe I should just go back to Egypt. Maybe I should go back to my sin. Because at least then I, you know, I could go out with the boys and, and drink as much as I wanted. I wouldn't be thirsty then, would I? Well, that is, that's, that's common. And that was the Israelites' reaction too. But I think as part of maturing as a Christian, we need to realize that we are going to go through dry seasons. And if it wasn't for those dry seasons, we wouldn't even cry out to God. In fact, if things were good and they were walking with Moses, would anybody even would anybody even cry to God? Would anybody even acknowledge God? I mean, it seems that at this point, they have already forgotten how faithful God was with the plagues, with the parting of the Red Sea, and the killing of the Egyptian army. They have forgotten God's faithfulness already. And so I have that same tendency. God has saved my wife from cancer. He has brought us through many, many storms. I've talked here earlier in earlier episodes about different things that I have experienced, different trauma that I've been through. And God has always been faithful in those times. And I reach a dry season like this, just like the Israelites do. And we forget about God's past faithfulness. And I think that's where we see the frustration from Moses here, where he said, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you put the Lord to the test? So I think we need to remember, as I myself need to remember, as I'm talking to myself here too, that we need to remember God's past faithfulness. Now let's watch how this plays out, because this is beautiful. The Lord answered Moses, go out in front of the people, take with you some of the elders of Israel, and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile, and go. I will stand there before you by the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock, and water will come out of it for the people to drink. So Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel, and he called the place Massah, which, by the way, means testing, and Meribah, which means quarreling, because the Israelites quarreled and because they tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? Now, in Deuteronomy, it says, Thou shalt not test the Lord thy God. In fact, Jesus quoted that during his, his temptation from the devil. So here the Israelites tested God, grumbling, just like I do all the time. 
testing God, just like I do all the time, instead of remembering his past faithfulness. Now here, Moses was told to strike the rock and the water would come forth. Now, this is a picture of Christ. On Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, according to the hymn. When Christ was hung on the cross and he was struck for our sins and our transgressions, water and blood flowed from his body. This was to be symbolic that Jesus Christ would be struck for our grumbling and our sin. And here we are, the Israelites in the land of sin, and the rock is struck and we're all saved by the washing in that water that flows forth. Jesus says, come to me all who are, you are hungry. <laughs> I am the bread of life. Come to me who are, are thirsty. And he, he told the woman at the well that, that it, those who came to him, he would give them water and they would never thirst again. So, I grumble, and you grumble, we complain, we, we struggle with what's going on around us. We struggle seeing so many people fall away from the faith. We struggle knowing that our country is in shambles right now, and it's because of sin. And we struggle to see people turning away from God in mass but instead of grumbling maybe for me today maybe it's being still like God said be still and know that I am God and I struggle with that one I struggle to be still because I want to fix everything I want to make things better. I want to get rid of whatever anxiety I'm dealing with instead of allowing God to do His work in me. Instead of allowing God to show me the rock and allow the water to, to come forth, instead I grumble and say, why haven't you? Why haven't you? So, I guess the main point today is to remember God's past faithfulness and, and to apply that to whatever current situation you might be in. And maybe you're doing great. I don't know. Maybe this is just for me. And that's all well and good. But I, I just want to remind you all that God's been faithful in the past. He will be faithful forevermore. I know the plans I have for you. Plans not of evil, he said in Jeremiah, but to prosper you. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. And I hope that will get you through to the next time. Hopefully, we'll have a new one before long. I know this is a short one. But I guess this is just a little blip to, to let you know what, uh, what's been keeping us 
from recording these. And hopefully a little something to remind you that God hasn't left us. He hasn't forsaken us. He hasn't forgotten us. But we're going to go through this stuff. We're going to go through this crazy season. And it's going to either build us up in our faith or it's going to crush us. But the choice is up to you. Remember his past faithfulness. And he'll get through. All right, God bless. If you need anything, please reach out. We've had some folks reach out here uh, not too long ago. And uh, one of my buddies actually sent a request for a uh, podcast episode regarding dispatchers and the struggles they face. So hopefully we'll get that in the near future because it it is tough. And having spent enough time with, with dispatchers following critical incidents, I know that it's very difficult when you all you hear is whatever is transmitted over the radio or a phone call and you don't get the same closure that a first responder on the lines does and so we're going to address that hopefully bring some tools to help deal with that and for the first responders out there the firefighters the police officers paramedics whatever if there is a call that leaves leaves it open to interpretation for a dispatcher i would encourage you to give them a call when that that uh you know, call them on the phone when when you finish uh, buttoning up the scene or the call or whatever it is. And just kind of fill them in on the details because that's very important to, uh, to give them that closure. All right. God bless, folks. Again, we are on Instagram, Thinline Believers. And we do have an email, thinlinebelievers at gmail.com. All right. Take care.